It's the pastor. Um, but him and I spend a lot of time together. We do, we do share the, um, the dubious delight of often being mistaken as a gay couple when we're out getting a coffee. <laughs> what can I do, eh? It has something to do with him wearing man scarves and me wanting to spoon feed him his carrot cake um, every time. So, hey, we're working on it, but um, there's a closeness that <laughs> that comes out of that that shared thing. Share, thank you for sharing this place with me, Andrew. Um, today, I want to talk about. Um, Union with God. Jesus be glorified. Come on, Jesus. Jesus be glorified. Be beautiful in this place. Oh, speak to our hearts. Jesus be glorified Come and bring your beauty About two and a half years ago um, I lost uh, three of the best friendships that I'd ever had Um, The three best, best friendships of my life Over a two month period that that broke down um, and you've heard me share a little bit about that um, from here before, and I, 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 I want to go back there if you will humour me. Um, I'd like to revisit that story, not in any greater detail, actually, but from a, a bit of a different angle. Thanks, Ben. Um, I think often when really difficult things come, we think that loss is the end game. Um, but actually it's, often, it's usually where we find the gold. Um, there, at that at that time when those friendships broke up, uh, I wanted to curl up and die. It's probably the one true time in my life where I really wanted to die. Um, but in that emptiness and in that lonely place, I actually had no one else but God. Um, and we're, we're terrible optimists. Um, we're often expecting destruction from our heartbreak. Um, when our father actually has something completely different in mind. So I want to explore a time when God wanted union with me uh, more than I even did. Yeah, And then I want to add to that conversation by highlighting or going into three ways that God has romanced me in that season, but also I came to see right across my life, he's romanced me towards being closer and closer and closer with him. Um, and I guess right at the front of my message here, I want to say that when I'm talking about union with God, what I'm not talking about is prayer. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about that bringing of a list and chugging through it with God, okay? Um, I'm talking about intimate time. Um, bringing our lists to God can be a little bit like bringing a list of household chores with you on a date night with your spouse, okay? It can really be quite counterproductive. What I'm talking about comes right out of Jesus' boil down of the entire Bible where he sums up in two verses, love the Lord your God 
with all your heart. With all your heart. With all your soul and with all your mind. Some Bibles have strength, yeah? And then love your neighbour as yourself. Yeah? Now, loving of the neighbour as yourself comes out of, we'll see, out of this love the Lord you got with all your heart. I want to look at that first half. Um, so these three relationships, it's, it's just a quick story. I don't have to go into great detail, but basically in 2008, we came here to this church and um, pretty broken. I spent the first eight months just crying in here and I've met many people that are on the same since something beautiful hangs here. Something beautiful encounters us here. Um, there's a permission to bring a broken heart here um, very openly. And I, ju- I just cried. And, and out of that, some you know, guys, some other men came in close around me, went after my heart. And then out of that, there came actually a men's ministry that, went in, that we did, started here, but then it went out um, to other places. And we did that for seven years. And hundreds and hundreds of men came through that ministry um, and but but over a two month period, it, it strangely all just ground to a halt. Not not just the ministry, but then the friendships. As soon as that ministry stopped, and over this two month period, basically three guys who had walked the closest with me across my life ever out of any human being didn't want to know me. Wouldn't really talk to me. Wouldn't explain what was going on, and uh, and. Uh, it was it was a really really wild time. I was completely confused, completely heartbroken, and I speak and I run across it. My words run across it quite lightly, but but that's because God has done an amazing work in there, which you'll come to see. Okay, but coming through this, I slowly realised that I was deeply damaged, and um, and so um, knowing well, I, I set about to find healing. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I was actually going to be eaten alive by anger and rage and, for me, revenge. The things that I wanted to do to those people um, was pretty, pretty strong. Um, but a very, very interesting thing happened. Uh, our God actually thwarted every step that I made towards counselling, towards prayer ministry, towards meeting with other people to talk about it. And even towards meeting with them, um, I, I, I couldn't get near the guys that had hurt me. Um, God started to, yeah, slowly he actually said to me, and, and when, it, when he said this to me, my heart actually froze. Um, because I slowly started to hear him. I was quite confused. Like, why can't I find some healing? Why can't I go down these, these avenues? Um, but I slowly started to hear him say to me, thank you, um, I want to be your everything. I want to be your everything. And I, I was quite dubious of that at first because to me that's always been the realm of, you know, kind of fluffy old ladies, you know, kind of, he's my everything, you know. <laughs> and I kind of go, hmm, okay. Um, but out of, out, of, out of my lips fell the question, um, is that even possible? Can, can you actually be my everything? Yeah? 
I mean, on a planet infested with people and in a church made up entirely of human beings, is it even necessary? There's friendships everywhere. There's help everywhere. There's people. How do you get away from them? Um, Why is it even possible? And then he just went to work. He didn't answer that question except by proving to me in a million different ways, oh, yeah, (laughs) oh, yeah, I can, I can. Um, I actually can be everything that you need and it can all be found here between you and me. Yeah. I want to heal you, Roscoe. I want to arrange the players. I want to arrange the pieces, the timings, the settings, and the atmosphere. You'll see. Yeah. It was really beautiful because Andrew was talking last week about um, breaking down what it means to be still. And it's just caught me when he said it's to actually let go of our, let go of our grip. This tight hold, we, 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 I'm going to get healed. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make a way here. But it was kind of God going, be still, allow me. And look, I don't specifically know exactly how God did it. There just never was one single big clean-out moment and there was never one standout individual. I mean, Ali played her part. Andrew played her part. Um, Dion walked with me for a bit. Sorry, did I say that? He, what did I say? Her, her part. Andrew played her part. <laughs> the feminine side of Andrew played her part. Uh, <laughs> Dion played his part, beautiful Stevie here played his part and then there were just hundreds of other smaller characters, strangers, people I met, guys I worked with, um, people I just bumped into, songs, moments, stars, beautiful scapes. Um, There was no real method alone to what he did. He just totally freestyled through it. But one thing I was aware of was that time and time again Jesus would very carefully reveal an area uh, a bit like a really, really good masseur. You know, when they're working you with you and you go there for the nice feeling of it, <laughs> but what you get is they find a bit and it's just, oh, that hurts. That really, really hurts. And that's what God kind of kept highlighting. And a thousand times I said to him, this really hurts, but I know that you can unhurt it. Yeah. And I slowly learned that while my heart was expecting to ache and ache and ache for decades, God had something completely different in mind, yeah? Because if we let it, life's knocks and hurts and heartbreaks and disappointments just build up layer upon layer upon layer. Do you remember in the 70s, life was so boring, we used to give children glasses, um, glass bottles, and we'd say, fill it with coloured sands. Do you remember that? Anyone, anyone remember that? And, and, and um, hobby text and uh, things in macrame. That's all from the 70s, those really exciting things. But do you remember the sand filling that, that glass? We would, we would layer it and we'd pour different things in on top. But in the end, that, that glass bottle is a dense, hard, compacted thing. Um, layer upon layer. 
our interior and our inner self is actually ends up rendered totally blocked and hard and we actually have a lot of difficulty with that yeah it's we're just kind of we need real help and i think it's a real possibility um for all of us that this happens often what we think is our ruin in god is often our salvation and our turning point um ultimately though the reason union with god is such an important place to be sought and to be run after i found is it actually it actually becomes the key to a whole lot of other things that we seem to desire within our lives and within our faith yeah um we 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 actually want to be forgiving don't we we want to learn the art of being forgiving we want to be able to not hate obnoxious people we want to be able to work creatively with abrasive people we want to grow sweeter as we age not bitter we want to hear from father and from holy spirit and we want to be good lovers and friends and parents we want we want patience and wisdom and we want eyes that can see the way god sees we want to we want to be able to understand our story and we want to understand the larger story that we find ourselves in um and we want our faith to be strong and courageous yeah we want to find healing we want to help others heal and we want to defy mountains and we want to do miracles but all that comes out of intimately and deeply knowing god yeah it's it's always and this is something i really got to highlight it has always been a vine and a branch thing it's just always been that it's just it's, it's kind of no other way for us to become what we hope our faith would would grow us into there's just no other way jesus on the vine you're the branch you cut this off from the vine it's it's just twindling a uh, kindling on the floor twigs and sticks on the floor it becomes nothing yeah i just want to add a little bit more from my own story just just to help us work our way through here um basically my family home started to break down when i was around the age of 12 or 13 um my my mum my dad left to go away to work um around that age my mum joined him by the time i was 16 but i haven't apart from a very small stupid period in my early 20s i haven't lived with my dad since i was 12 or 13 um and the breakdown of our family home they end up leaving my sister and i in our house it was a nine bedroom house and we took in boarders but and that home atmosphere ended there and then and that just ruined my heart hmm? and so i carried an enormous hurt for way too long out of that i called it my great sadness um i carried it deep deep into my adult life and while i really had moments and seasons of closeness with god um i still related to him more like an uncle that dropped around with ice cream and toys or somebody would treat me good if i was good santa claus basically yeah um in my late 40s father actually showed me my great sadness um and then he 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 very very carefully cornered me into places where he could heal it yeah um and he did did this healing by many many people and methods 
Um, and then finally I walked free. Um, the freest I'd been in years. But then this breakdown of those three friendships, they were the three guys that had walked that with me the closest. Yeah? The breakdown of these three friendships, these three guys just walking out of me. And believe me, I, I did ask all the hard questions of my own heart. Like what kind of friend was I? What kind of man was I to be around? That was probably the hardest thing. Was I, I had to ask all those questions of my heart. I couldn't ask anyone else, what was I like? Why? Why don't you want to know me? Um, but these three friends who walked out um, threatened to leave me with a brand new great sadness. Can you see that? That was the setup. Uh, but the beautiful thing was um, Father had other plans plans to completely reshape my faith in everything, everything concerning the way I saw him and heard from him and thought about him and related to him. This, in fact, was a season not to be missed. Yeah. So parallel to all the healing and the inner work, he began to show me three ways through which he had romanced my heart. Yeah. He had to romance my heart because when you're in that place, when your heart is being romanced, you hear differently. You hear completely differently. You feel and you hear God much more, close, much more accurately. It was in this soil, this intimate place actually, that the deeper work was done uh, because ultimately it's love that does the healing. It's love that does the healing. And he showed me, he, look, God had always caught my heart in these ways before, but during this period of grief and confusion, they came into sharp focus. Yeah? And he started to impress on me the importance of the place in my life, which is why I'm just going to share them with you. So the first one is the restorative power of beauty. It should be. Next slide. Thanks, Rob. Yeah? It'll come. There it is. Um, the restorative power of beauty. So when, when I'm talking about beauty, I'm, I'm not talking about beautiful people. I'm not talking about printing out a life-size poster of Andrew and putting it on your bedroom wall and, and um, drawing strength from it. I'm, I'm not talking about that at all. Um, I'm not talking about pretty people and I'm definitely not talking about the beauty industry. It's not what I'm talking about at all. Let me fill it out. Um, firstly, firstly, we live on a staggeringly beautiful planet. It's amazing. It's just mind-blowing. Um, full of wonders, full of surprises, uh, full of beauty, achingly beautiful beauty and amazing scenes. And then this planet is set within the inestimable wonders of our galaxy, which is set within the stupendous setting of the known universe. Yeah. Nature is, is our friend. And often within its wild and exquisite arenas, uh, we find our heart remembering that it's going to be okay. It was just Friday night. I was down at work. I worked down at Altona. 
And there was drama at work. It's a big organisation and they decided to clamp down on a couple of disciplines. They decided to exercise punishment on a few rules that were just being consistently broken. So there were a few victims of that and there was fear and trembling amongst the troops uh, kind of thing. And guys were gossiping and raging and angry and that. And, And we have a place where we store all the cars. I move cars for a living, transport cars. And there's just hundreds and hundreds of acres of stored cars and I have to you have to go fetch stuff and and it's it's always a walk west and here it is late Friday I start about four or five p.m and I just walked out of this little storm of discontent out amongst the cars and here's this immense you know setting sky just full of beauty And and I walked out there and God just you're okay you're okay son I love you it's all a bit of a crazy game but you don't have to play it you're not part of it hey and I just plugged into him Uh, something within the sphere of of nature something in our hearts settles deeply Uh, we regain perspective and we find way to keep going most of us have experiences to some degree or will one day but it's way more than this too um as a truck driver i i find myself in a lot of very very ugly places yeah almost void of beauty um and and recently i've just been pulling a lot of brand new cars out of the wharf um they're fresh off the ship they're all parked up and it's go 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 all night and um I, 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 it was sort of middle, around the middle of the night and I, and I, I parked, you, you grab the car and because they're all new, they're, they're still trying to find radio stations. You start them up and it, it's a complete lucky dip about what's going to suddenly blare out of the dashboard at you. And, and sometimes it's beautiful and sometimes it's not. And I remember grabbing this Commodore and I'd run it up, heads out the window and you park it up on the truck and you... You go back inside, you have to wind the window up to transport them. And as I wound the window up, it went silent and it it just suddenly found ABC Classic FM. And I don't know what it was. I I didn't know the piece, but it was the most exquisite piece of music I'd ever heard. And I just sat there, car running, motor running. I just sat there and it just, hmm, I melted in it. You know, it was, it was incredible beauty. It was just God breaking through and loving on me. Um, I just want to paint a few pictures of different ways to see the restorative and experience the restorative power of beauty. Um, Ali and I, well, me mostly, <laughs> there's a cafe in town that we regularly go to. I go there every day. Ali sometimes comes with me. Um, and it was actually in the midst of this relationship breakdown with these three guys. I really, uh, I, spent a lot, I spent a year and a half just in, in full-on physical painful heartache. Um, and we were there one day um, and there was a, just near us, the tables were all very, very close together. And just near us there was a mother and two daughters. And whenever Ali and I are around children, we're very naughty. We start to play, we enjoy kids. And we started to play with them covertly from a distance, you know, just kind of 
peekaboo kind of stuff to begin with. Just, you just sound it out. Sometimes the mothers welcome it, but sometimes they just think you're a freaky old person. And, uh, <laughs> and so you shut it down pretty quick. Um, but if they, if they want to play, you, there is no end to the play that you can have with a three or five-year-old, yeah? And we were doing this, and the mum didn't seem too bothered. And a matter of fact, I don't know where she went, but the mum disappeared. She went over to the till, and it seemed like she was gone for half an hour, right? And, um, and they ended up, these two girls ended up at our table and, and, and playing with us and talking to us. And look, I don't know how it happened, but the littlest one, I can't even remember her name, but she ended up kissing me. She did. She ended up kissing me on my cheeks and loving on me. And I'm just sitting here with tears running down my face while she kissed me and kissed me and kissed me and kissed me. That's, how, do, how does, this is beauty just breaking through, you know, to our weary and beautiful hearts, the beauty of God. Um, I think true beauty are those moments or places or vistas or happenings in life where our breath is taken away, yeah? where we aware, are aware that something in our soul is smiling, yeah? and often our faces as well, or where our attention and senses have been completely diverted from the necessary, the everyday, and the functional. Yeah? Yeah? Where we're lit up, bursting, full of emotion, even if that emotion is just free-running tears, yeah? Or those times when our heart is overtaken with a childlike sense of wonder, like when we're at fireworks or when you stand on a beach and lean into the wind while the surf thunders towards you, just metres away. That's where we encounter beauty, just expanding our, our, our concept of beauty. The res- these things restore us. God has put beauty here on our earth. He's the author of it all, and it is here for a reason. Yeah? The restorative power of beauty bridges very easily into the second area that God enlarged my heart to see. Um, in fact, the two are almost inseparable, and that is the area of soul food um, or soul care, I guess. And, and again, it's those things which cause something in us to smile or to rest or to become still. Those things that cause us to find peace or to see more clearly huh? or to come alive or to know that it is well with my soul um, or to simply enjoy. Again, something that pauses or interrupts the normal flow of our life. Basically, anything that fills us. Um, because we know, right, that God doesn't just fill us here, yeah? God doesn't just fill us here or when we're reading our Bible or when we're being spiritual or reading spiritual books or listening to worship music. No, no, no. We are filled. I'm always, always filled in this place. I love being here. But that's, that's not the limit of it. You know, God walks with me everywhere that I go. Um, there's, there's nowhere um, that he can't also be, nowhere at all. Um, so I have a very, very long list here 
which I've actually already cut in half, but which I'm going to try and rattle through really quickly because I came down here yesterday and practised this message and it took about 17 weeks. So um, I'm going to... I don't want to disrespect some of the beauty that I'm going to... But I've got to tear across it, otherwise we will be here um, a lot longer when we're much older individuals. Um, and, and I want to share, I just want to, I want to go through these things. These are things that fill my soul, right? But um, there's nothing in one person's story that isn't also in somebody else's. We're all from the same address, as Andrew often says. Um, and so just, just to understand, I just want to pad out soul food by, re- by sharing with you some of the things that fill me. And they're very, very simple things and all, all from everyday life. And, I, and I'll just start out but with any dawn or sunset. Any dawn or sunset is instant, you know. We all know it. These, these are common things. For me, an open, good cup of coffee rather than drinking through the letterbox kind of thing. Um, open so that the full aroma comes into my life, yeah. I love talking around a kitchen table. The tinkle of teaspoons drives my wife's my wife mad but when I'm with my family that's the truest place we can be Um, a straight dirt road for me stretching to the horizon something the optimism that stands with me there and the hope of the unknown and the new fills my heart lying on a trampoline looking at the sky you know we return to our childhood Um, the gentle breathing of a dog sleeping Near us, preferably on us. Um, I've, I've actually written here, actually, any interaction with a happy dog. Yeah, they do. They bring it. They bring it. They bring it. They bring something nothing else can bring. You know, God can speak to you through a happy dog. Profoundly. Yeah. Um, kids that include you in your moment or their day, in their day or their moment, even if you're a stranger... Outside this very cafe that Ali and I go to one time, we were milling around outside with a whole bunch of adults and there was a couple of children in the mix and one of them just ended up holding my hand because I was one of the tall people and you'll do. It wasn't my child, but here I am with this sweaty little fist in mine, just okay, and I just went with it. But there was something really beautiful there because they just draw us in. They let us in. There's a filling there as I just stood there with a smiling delight. Sunlight through a forest, stopping to look at stopping at lookouts on a journey, or reading to a child, yeah? Gaps in night clouds that reveal the stars, a favourite of mine. White sails on lakes, ducks landing. You ever watch the duck land? That's a thing of true beauty. It's incredible. Yeah. Um his little is anyone, anyone speaking tongues here? People speaking tongues? Sometimes you're singing it? Yes? Something I do, one thing you can do is you can go all sort of Italian opera uh, singer with it. Um, fills me up, you know, sort of just a. Uh, and on and it goes until I end up in fits of laughter. Me and the Holy Spirit, I do it way too much in my truck. 
And I, I hope I never crash it one day. Because how, how do you talk to the police? Why, sir, did you crash your truck? And, um, you know, I was just singing in the tongues of angels, officer. You know, <laughs> if you could just confine that to the privacy of your own home, sir. Be appreciated. Um, simple things can bring us beautiful life when God touches them. Birds feeding in the garden. I took that photo. The start of any journey. Fluffy sheep clouds. My face when it lands on a flannelette pillow. Marshy land on quiet grey days. Any campfire. I love waking up in a tent. Um, I love hearing blackbirds and magpies singing just before dawn. I love walking out and finding the house silent. I love the smell. I find life and hope in the smell of freshly cut wood and at other times freshly cut grass. And, and one for me, I love the feel of a heavy loaded truck, heavily loaded truck going through a roundabout. You approach it, you swing left, it leans to the right. You know, and then it starts as a slight drag as it starts to climb through the hump of the roundabout. And then there's the big swing out as you get to the apex of the corner where it feels like it's going to tip, but you know it isn't. You know, and then there's the lovely rightening as you start to go out of it and it, it rightens. And then the trailer pushes you, begins to push you out of the roundabout. You feel this massive force behind you and then it's foot flat to the floor, find the right gear, having found the right gear is a delight in itself. <laughs> and off we go, and it's just mine. But I find myself grinning from ear to ear out of that, and it's this moment that me and God share often. The other one is for me as a truck driver is coming through little towns at night. I love coming through that. It's like I've been led into somebody's home. It's quiet, it's empty, it's beautiful. I love long summer twilights, smoke from wood fires hanging above houses on a still morning. Any moon rising. Often I've been in a truck and had a passenger, another truck driving, I'm like, the moon, the moon, look at the moon, and you get this. Rightio, princess, settle down, kind of look. Um, working your way through rock pools at the beach, I love that. They are little universes of their own. Uh, having a covert text conversation with a friend um, at times while Andrew's preaching. The, the joy, the joy. Oh, people know what I'm talking about. The joy of just hopping in bed. <laughs> the joy of just hopping in bed. I love that. And, we, you know, many times I've been blessed by just the drone of a single-engine plane working its way across a clear, blue, crystalline sky. You know, small girls twirling in a new dress. At times I hear my own breathing too. I love that. You just pick up your own breathing. It's beauty to it. Beach camping, fish and chips in a car on a cold day, watching the ships come in down at the heads, going through a car wash. Ali and I are like two little kids in a car wash. We love car washes. Is there some, the, the auto ones, not the ones where you have to do it yourself. The ones where you sit inside and you're surrounded by water and bubbles and strange colours coming all over the car, you know, and it's like it, there's, a, there's a simple, beautiful delight in there that we, we relish and come alive in. I've written here a woman's laugh. And then I've put in brackets mostly. <laughs> there, there is, there is, a, there is a, a shimmering twinkle and a beauty to a woman's laugh um, that can cut through anything else in the room. Um, 
nearly done. A good friend dropping, dropping by, the sound of many people clapping, sounds like water or rain. Um, that moment when you first smell or glimpse the ocean, you know, when you're getting near the coast. Live music, singing with others, violins playing, kookaburras laughing, lots of tall trees, very tall trees. And this is half my list here. There's another, another 50 there easily. The Apostle Paul said, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, I would add in there whatever is truly beautiful, because I think it's already covered in his words, whatever is admirable, and then he goes and says, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy or beautiful, think about such things. Think about them. Yeah? And then there's this lovely promise that comes in it, and the God of peace will be with you. You just think about these things, and God's with you, and you are with God. It's just boom, instant, instant romance. Instant moment with God, yeah? I don't, I'm going to really brush by these, but there are, we learn that there are unhelpful things, things that empty our souls, that do not feed us things. For me, it's shopping malls, industrial areas, toxic people, noisy places place in the forest where rubbish has been dumped. And for me, the news as well, just listening to the news, can't do it. There's enough trouble at my fingertips without needing to know the world's trouble. Which brings me to the third area that Father really started to just show me about, and that is why we need to have a personal relationship with God, a really personal relationship. Um, what I found through these tough times, and Andrew said it two Sundays ago, he said, when do we find ourselves closest to God? In the good times or the tough times? Yeah, it's the tough ones. It's the tough times. In these hard times, God actually wants you to himself. He loves that. Ros is nodding. <laughs> she gets that. God wants you, God loves having you just to himself. There are days when I cannot wait for Ali to be done with all the other things, kids, responsibilities, whatever, and I've just got her to myself. This is the heart of our God. Yeah? Loves us, having us to himself. Something we all need. It's not something that we like to hear, but ultimately, across all of our lives, it's us and us alone that have to live with ourselves, with our life. Um, friends, loved ones, spouses, family, good colleagues. It's unfortunate, but they come and they go. Um, no one, no one stays with us across the entirety of our earthly journey. We're the ones that have to contend and live with ourselves, our personality, our minds. Emotion, our thoughts, our body, our frame. Yeah? No one else can live it for us. Um, and whilst some hearts are plunged towards cosmic loneliness at that thought, that the, the, the truth is, is it's not meant to be that way. That's, that's not all there is to the truth, to that truth. That is a truth, but that's only half 
the truth. Um, the greater truth is that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they are the other ones. They're, they're the only other ones that are with us across our entire lives, from the cradle to the grave and beyond. And, and really, if you read the Bible, from before the cradle. Mm, yeah. We are completely known by them across everything more than anybody and anything else. Yeah? I, I refer to God as the oldest friend of my soul because that's what he is, because that fits what I feel and what I know about God. And this is why we need a personal relationship with him. With him. Um, it's what sustains us. And if you actually look at the lives of the saints and the beautiful ones of history, this is the key. This was the gold of their lives. This is the epicenter of who they were, was this union with God. This union, this close relationship with, with God was the engine room of the beauty and the glory of their lives. And that's why we honour them. Um, and, yeah. Because when, when, you, when you deepen your union with God, um, there's a really beautiful shift that comes and it's actually concerning our sin. When, when we begin to understand the power, what, what, what power and strength and beauty this, our life gains through a deep relationship with Christ, sin starts to shift from something I shouldn't do to I'm choosing to not to do this because it will affect my union with God. Do you see that? It goes from, ah, uh, that's a rule I shouldn't break, to I'm choosing to step around this. I'm choosing to stop this because I'm cultivating closeness with God. See, that? and that's 180 degrees around. It's a very, very different way to live. And it's much, 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 much easier than just trying to keep rules and, um, or habits or disciplines. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. I've long heard it in evangelism settings, and no one says it better than the Americans. You need to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah? It just rolls out of them like sweet treacle. You know? They have a way of saying it that we just go, well, you must be the ones on the planet to say that, because no one says it quite like you. Uh, and, and it's like, I've always agreed with that. I'll go, yep, always agree with that. But through this season that I've been through, these last couple of years, I've come to see that call, that sentence, for the truly rich offer that it really is. It, it, it sounds sweet and like, hello, madam, welcome to the department store. It's, it, it rolls out that easily, but it is so, so rich. Um, it's profoundly crucial. To, to our lives. Otherwise, we are just going through the emotions, keeping rules, adhering to habits, and ritual. And, well, living like that leads us in a very different direction. I want to I finish on this. Um, I want to get everyone to stand.
Andrew, what do you think? Um, you, you may have heard this last week if you were here because um, I forgot that I was on communion <coughs> until just before the service. And God said, just grab this from next week's message. <laughs> You've heard it, but it's beautiful because we often hear people use the, the term he or she completes me. Yeah, Remember? Um, no, no, one, no, one, no one on this planet can do that. No one can. Ultimately, our spouses, our lovers and our friends and our family can't complete us. Only, only God completes us. They, and when I say they, I mean the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're the missing pieces. The people around us, they're just fellow sojourners looking for the pieces of the puzzle with us. Yeah? And when we see those close to us in this way, it, it, it changes everything. It's a complete, complete game changer because they then become fellow treasure hunters and we stop putting, putting all our needs on them. You know, we stop expecting them to come through, stop expecting them to be perfect, stop expecting them to be the mother we never had, the father we never had, or the family we never had. We expect, stop expecting them to be God. This is, this is what God wants to do. Um, and instead, we allow God to bring the missing pieces. Almost done. Almost done. Because he, he's the only one who knows what's missing and where to find the pieces. Jesus, thank you. Hearts um, can only find thanks sometimes. Just a really simple thanks to you. Jesus. Jesus, be glorified. Our sweet place. Our sweet place. You are the sweetener of our souls. You are the, the embellisher of our lives. You are the crafter of our beings. You are the searcher, the one who seeks and seeks and looks 
and finds us and finds us and finds us. Oh, Jesus. Be glorified. Jesus, be glorified. Jesus, be glorified.